we're doing stuff that means fuck all. Men are designed with a purpose. And if they don't feel like they're fulfilling that purpose, it's going to have consequences. It's going to negatively affect them. We're working these bullshit corporate jobs for bullshit corporations that mean nothing. They have no soul. And then we wonder why we feel unfulfilled. My name is Evan Meyer, and you're listening to the Undomesticate podcast, a show where we explore how to deprogram domestication, restore the health of our body, mind, and spirit, and return to our sovereign roots. Welcome to episode seven of the Undomesticate podcast with Josh Tyler. Josh Tyler is a former professional MMA fighter, an amateur survivalist, a father, and an owner of the boutique menswear brand, Savage Gentleman. I first discovered Josh through Instagram and was intrigued by how diverse his portfolio of interests were. It's not every day that you meet a man who is modeling high-end handcrafted clothing while also breaking people's faces for a living. Josh and I sent a few DMs back and forth and a few months later I found myself driving to his farm in Virginia to film a podcast with him. Before we sat down to record the episode, Josh led me through a short but brutal workout which intimidated the fuck out of me because my imagination ran wild regarding what a professional fighter actually does for exercise. But we ended up having a great time and that was followed by an excellent conversation and this episode is full of laughs and deep philosophical musings. In this episode, Josh and I explore how tribalism is in our DNA and how to build trust with other men in modern times, why it's crucial that we only pursue that which we're passionate about, how society's measurement of success are poor indicators for personal fulfillment, how domestication has led to the downfall of modern men, how self-reliance builds self-confidence, Josh's journey from teacher to fighter to entrepreneur, why our creative power is the greatest gift we can give the world, and so much more. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, I highly recommend that you do that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to these things. That ensures you never miss an episode. I also encourage you to watch this episode in particular on YouTube, as we filmed it in Josh's barn and it just has a really cool aesthetic. You can find the link to watch this on YouTube in the show description. All right, let's go ahead and dive into episode seven with Josh Tyler. Josh Tyler, man, it's great to have you on the Undomesticate podcast. We've been working out, we've been catching up, we're getting to know each other at least. Uh, We only connected maybe a month ago, Mm -hmm. six weeks ago through Instagram, and I was coming through this way, this part of the country, actually moving out here to the east, and I've been following you for a number of years, and... uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's a terrible idea. No, I know, I know. Um, it, it's been terrible, actually. I unfollowed you a number of times uh, over the course of the years, and then finally I said, "Well, I'm running out of guests, and I got to get some." So I scrape in the, the bottom of the barrel. Right? <laughs> you know what I mean? I don't care what they call me. As <laughs> yeah, as they totally. Call me, right? Uh, no, but it's been cool, man, this morning, you know, just uh, coming out here and, and coming to your, your beautiful place. And of course, anyone watching this, you'll see we're sitting in, in your barn here uh, on your, on your property. And, and we did a little workout this morning, which I didn't come prepared to do, but had a great time doing. And <laughs> maybe we can start off talking a little bit about that. Cause I like the conversation we were having about that. And for, again, anyone watching this, um, we'll probably have some B-roll footage as well in, in here just of the workout, but essentially it was, it was rounds of kettlebell swings mixed with shooting the recurve bow. And uh, yeah, maybe explain a little bit about that and then kind of what we were talking about in terms of this piece around brotherhood and building trust. Yeah, so I think it's difficult in this world where we we have this technology that allows us to connect to anyone, anywhere, right? And so it gives this false pretense of connection that isn't really true. It's like, well, we've never met in person, right? And, and I think 
the the fact that you were willing to drive all the way out here is is a pretty strong um indicator of of who you are like all right man this guy's pretty committed right so that 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 gives that's a tell right there but i think as men we need to have an idea of who we're interfacing with if we're going to build trust and have a real relationship and i think if you're going to have an honest and impactful conversation that trust needs to be there and so yeah we can follow each other online and i can get an idea of your character by listening to you speak and seeing the things that you do from afar but i don't think there's there's no substitute for a real life experience and i don't think there's any substitute for real world effort and i think you can tell everything you you pretty much need to know about someone through their effort and their their willingness to do something and ability to do something i think men's relationship is built off of that understanding of capability where if i'm going to trust you i have to know what you're capable of you can tell me anything in the world yeah i'm super fit i work out i do this I can't take that at face value. It's mm. it's a it's an evolutionary um, failsafe that if a random dude walks into our tribe, hey guys, I'm your friend. Um, I'm I'm here to help. Oh sure, come on in. Right. If you don't vet that guy, your bloodline ends potentially. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think I think just somewhere in our DNA, like we have this this, you know natural aversion to letting guys in it's a safety precaution and i think it's important and so we have to find a way to to work through that so typically that was done by men hunting together by working together we, we build a shelter a communal space or whatever all right man i know this guy man he he freaked in took down a tree by himself he carried it over all right he is who he says he is i can trust him we can accept him into the tribe without fear of him being a liability and we don't have those opportunities i think in everyday life so i think sometimes it's important to artificially create those hence the workout um and 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 i didn't have any i don't know preconceived notion i I pitched it to you it was very like (laughs) hey no no strings attached like no expectation here and i i went into it with the mentality of i can spin this for the positive either way no matter what you say it's going to reflect positively on you. I can either say, man, what, what a badass dude to drive, you know, six hours from North Carolina up here first thing in the morning to come just shoot the shit with me um, and do a workout that's kind of heinous. <laughs> or if you didn't, my option would be like, man, what an incredibly intelligent, in-tune individual to be smart enough to recognize no, you idiot. I'm I'm going to have to drive 6 hours back. I'm not going to do some ridiculous workout just because, you know, because you wanted to do something hard to see if I was a tough guy or not. Like fuck you. I I don't have nothing to prove. And I'll be like, "Man, that's respectable. This guy's pretty <laughs> solid." So it was a win-win. And I think positioning it that way allowed for a very honest I mean, you tell me a very honest response for to sure. it, right? Yeah, I mean, it was a win-win for me either way because I feel comfortable enough, at least where I'm at and just with my own masculinity, I guess you could put it, or just as a human, it doesn't even have to be, you know, about being a man or anything like that, but just that I could do the workout and I could give it my best effort and that, that 
endears or commands respect anyway. Even be like, holy fuck, dude, you're kicking my ass. I could be out of shape and all this kind of stuff. You know, I could hang a little bit. You're definitely, I'm not a professional athlete or former professional athlete. So I was a little intimidated. I won't lie. I'm like, oh, fuck. Okay. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll work out. I'll, I'll give my best effort. Like fucking throw in the axe. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. cool. I'll just keep doing this. And if we had the time, I would have just, I would have gone all day until I yep. got it. Cause that's just who I am. You yep. know what I mean? I'm just like, I'm not going to stop until I can do this. And that is the marker. I think that is the thing that people should be looking for. Mm-hmm. I don't give a shit how fit you are. I, it, it means nothing to me how many kettlebell swings you can do, how well you can shoot an arrow, throw an axe. Like I, I, I'm not necessarily looking for performative skills. What resonates with me is effort and willingness to to suffer for the greater good, right? Mm-hmm. And, and the workout that we did kind of, had that element. That's why I, I designed it that way in this, this idea of like, it is performative based. So the idea of the workout was we had just to get the blood flowing and, and hindsight, we, I probably should have gone, had us both go through a little bit more of a warm up, but <laughs> I feel good. I'm good. Yeah. Well, so far you feel good now. for now. We'll see how when, my back when is when in your four or five hours is, is completely on fire driving. Um, you're going to be like that Josh Tyler. <laughs> Uh, so we, we probably in hindsight, you know, and sometimes you got to learn lessons the hard way, but we should have warmed up, but we started with a 50 kettlebell goblet squat buy-in. So we Mm -hmm. each did those, get the heart pumping a little bit. And then we threw the ax to determine. You threw the ax. I threw the ax. I threw the ax. It just didn't go anywhere, but (laughs) I mean, it didn't stay in the target. You hit the target. I hit the target. And to be fair, I really don't want to get hit with any part of the ax. (laughs) So, I mean, it it looks a lot cooler when it jabs into the thing, but in terms of effectiveness, you hit it. That's still going to suck. That's a shitty day. Whether you hit me with the handle, the sharp part or the ass end of it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, so that was to determine who gets to be first shooter. So then we, I don't know, it was probably about 10, 15 yards. Mm-hmm. We were set up nothing too crazy cause I'm not that great of an archer and we're, we're using a, a recurve bow. And so we, we take a shot and then based off of where that shot placement was, then that dictated how many kettlebell swings our partner the did. The other person had the to do. The other yeah. person did, which means now, you know, people will. And, and this is part of the test, right? Like I, 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 I pretty well, I'm pretty f- fairly certain, uh, it's hard, I'm <laughs> fairly certain in most people's ability to like work hard for themselves and try for themselves so that they don't have to suffer. What I'm curious is, is how hard are you going to try to not let me suffer? That's what I'm interested in. And the, in the concept was just for anyone listening is like the better that I shot the arrow, the more on target I shot the arrow the less swings he had to do. So I wanted to do as well as possible to ease the burden on him. But if I like if he were to miss and I had to do 40 kettlebell swings and then shoot the arrow when my heart's pumping and everything like that, I have to like double down on my concentration and my focus even though he kind of just fucked me inconsequentially like he didn't mean to yeah. but he might have missed the the target and so now I have to do more swings but I don't want to fuck him anyway even though I just had to suffer a bit more and how it ended up being because you've shot a recurve bow bro recurve bow a few more times than I have is that you ended up doing 40 kettlebell swings for most of the time and I did 10 to 20 um but you were you were happy to suffer for me, and I was I was deeply well, I, apologetic, you know, and my Canadian was showing. And- <laughs> <laughs> it was super Canadian. But you know the idea though is is on the surface, okay. 
I shot poorly. Ah, sucks to suck. But by the design of the workout, that ultimately works against you because now I'm going to be more fatigued Mm -hmm. and less likely to hit a good shot, which is then going to reflect back on you. And I think that this is a, you know, it it makes an interesting mirror for how we operate in society, right? Where, and and I even found myself within that, within that little exercise, um, it forced me to pay attention to what I was like, normally I'll come out here and there's no States, there's no skin in the game. It's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm just going to, you know, I'll shoot 20 arrows. And just see how I do. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. But there's nothing on the line. I, my, it has no effect on my day whatsoever. Right. But and, and so I don't pay as much attention. There's no stakes. Right. Yeah. Now, when I've got another guy who I've never you know, I, I haven't met before. He, I, I'm, he's a guest in my house. I really don't want to like you know, dick him over that bad and, and have him, you know, cursing my name for the rest of eternity. All right. So now, now I have something that I'm shooting for. There's some intention there and it forced me to, to really hone in what I was doing and, and care. And and that was the whole purpose of it really was, yeah. was just to do that. And, and I don't think we typically approach our, our fitness and exercise in that way. It's mostly just, oh, I'm going to show up in the gym and I'm going to do some stuff. And, you know, I checked the box. I went to the gym today. And sometimes that's all you can do. And that's great. But we fall into this trap where we do that with everything. Not only is it the workout that we're doing, but it's becomes our marriage. It becomes the, the job in our career where we just kind of phone it in and we go through the motions on everything and there's zero intentionality. So what I have found that I, as much as I can, I try to put, you know, int- intentionality in everything, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Whether I'm building a, a birdhouse, you know, out of materials that, that I just salvaged from the woods with my daughter, or I'm inviting someone over and we're putting a workout together. Like, you know, I, I spent a, you, you even said, you're like, man, you put a lot of thought into this. I'm like, yeah, I did. <laughs> you're explaining you know? it to me and I was like, I, I got most of it, but I'm just going to go with it. You know what I mean? Because it feels like you really have this, you you really lit up about this idea and this like kind of philosophy around it, which I loved and it was awesome. I do want to, I want to speak to one thing around yeah. that about this piece about skin in the game because I need that. And I, I recognize, and I've told this story, I don't know if I've told on this podcast, but anyone that's been following my work has heard this before. So in my early twenties, I, uh, I went and I studied at college, you know, and I came out with a business degree and I went and worked in an office. And within like nine months, I was like, I fucking hate my life. Like I just fuck, I couldn't do it, dude. And I, you know, good pay, lots of time, like all the shit that you could want as a 22, 23 year old. Right. But I just fucking hated it because literally like, I'm not even exaggerating. My job was, was essentially fucking like getting paper jams out of the printer. I was like bottom of the barrel, like production managers is what they called me or production mm-hmm. manager assistant. But essentially I was just a glorified copy and printer and stuff like that. And uh, like just hated it, right? And what I did, my rational decision to get out of that situation was I packed my car up and I drove, you know, a couple thousand, two, 3,000 miles out to Alberta, Canada. And I went and worked on the rigs. And I had never done anything like that, right? But I was like, I just need to do something that's like, I'm going to use my body, going to, you know, get my, get me out of my head, like stop sitting in a chair all day, do some hard shit. Uh, and what I found to your point about this piece around skin of the game is when you're working, you were working hydraulic factory and I did a few other jobs. I, I worked on service rigs. Um, but it's always skin in the game. Like do you, 
I can't, every single tool I'm using, everything, every wing nut that I hammer, if I don't hammer that hard enough and there's 90,000 pounds of pressure coming through that and someone walks by that, that's the end of their life. Yeah. Or at least a limb, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or a serious injury, which happens, you know, from time to time. Uh, so, and it's all, it's all men, primarily, 99.9% men um, out there. And so, it's not like the healthiest or most conscious brotherhood, but it is brotherhood. And what forms that brotherhood and solidifies it so quickly is that every single moment on that job, you know that other people's lives depend on you. And everybody wants to go home at night. Everybody wants to see their family or not at night. We'd go away for weeks. Everyone wants to go home eventually, you know, um, and see their family, see their kids, live to see another day. And they're relying on you. And, and as men, Unless you've gone through the military or something adjacent to that, mm-hmm. you know, I worked on a fishing boat for a little bit. That was very similar, right? Like just you you have to have each other's backs. There's heavy equipment flying around. You're on the ocean. All these different types of jobs. I didn't recognize at the time, but unconsciously I was putting myself in those situations purposely because I needed that experience because it's just in my DNA. And I think some men are so far removed from that. I, I consider I'm pretty close to like, uh, on the savage side of gentlemen, like yep, I, I, yep. I, I tend to lean towards the savage a little bit more. Um, and I need that. Like I need, and it's all about proof out there. It's all mm-hmm. about proving yourselves. And, and eventually you build camaraderie and respect because men can rely on you and trust you that when I, when Evan has the 20 pound sledge and he hammers that wing nut, it's good. It's yeah. good. I don't need to go and check his line. And when you start, they check all your shit yeah. because they don't trust you. Mm-hmm. And then eventually they get to this point where like, no, you're good, bro. Like, I checked it. I could say, hey, bro, like, you know, to the foreman, I checked it. And he's like, okay, you're good. This is how we advance in in a society, right? It's by this this progression and development of ourselves, then we we create a level of efficiency where we don't have to go back and check on this guy. I can just, I just know, hey, if you tell me you're going to go out and you're going to bring back a deer, cool, you do that, I'm going to work on this, and, and I don't have you know, to also, you know, be looking hover. around and yeah. paying attention just in case, right? I, I just know that it's And you know happen. those guys that you do have to do that with, and they're they're the they're people you don't want around. You know what I mean? The guys that you're constantly I, having to hover around or half-assed yeah, It's like, okay, you, you were, again, you're, you're a liability instead of an asset. And and sometimes that it becomes, <laughs> that's only because you you have decided to do something that you're not actually suited for Mm -hmm. you know you've just convinced yourself hey i'm gonna be this guy and it's like bro you're not that guy just get your ass out in the garden you're so good at the other thing no i'm gonna be a warrior and it's like you're you're terrible at this it's okay we still love you right but we we get in our minds that i have to be this thing which is not who I inherently am. And mm-hmm. I'll use, I'll use business as the example. Like for the longest time I have fought so hard since my fighting career to be like super, you know, successful business guy, entrepreneur. And I, I'm fucking not that guy. I am not. And I, you know, if I, if I really went against my own character, could I become that? Maybe, but at what cost and to what end? And so, so instead it's like, well, man, I do have some gifts and there are some things that I am just inherently good at. Why don't I just focus on those and, and share that with the world instead of like trying to confine myself into this miserable box, right? Like, like in your circumstance where you're just like, I'm going to do some, some mindless, you know, thankless job that, that gives me no sense of purpose 
you know, because the world says, hey, you got to have a good paying job and you need health insurance and <laughs> 401ks. Right. And so you're just like, oh, sure. And you do this. And, you know, at a certain point, you don't live your who you were created to be. It gets really dark really fast. And, and we wonder why guys are in such a bad state. And it's like, well, maybe you're pursuing the wrong things. Maybe you have followed an incorrect path for you. And so I think it's important that we, again, we, we do need to vet guys, but we also need to be a part of that process is like, it takes an outside perspective sometimes to say like, Hey man, what? you're, you're so good at this. Why aren't you doing this? And yeah, you're like, Oh totally. man, I don't know. I just, you know, and, and you're like, why are you fucking around over here? You're a mate. And then we, all of a sudden we're like, we, it just takes that little nudge, right, from someone that we trust, who totally. we built that rapport with, and this mm -hmm. is why men need community. Because, yep. man, we if we're just wandering around, who who knows what kind of goofy shit we're gonna get into? And right? part of that is like is we kind of are sold this idea, and, and to some degree, of course, it's it's an amazing idea that like you can do anything with your life. It's like yeah, you couldn't do anything, you can't do everything, and there's some <laughs> things that you're more suited to than not. Like mm -hmm. if we were to go back a couple thousand years, like you obviously would be in the warrior caste. Like you would been war like you're you're you have a, a warrior mentality about you. You literally you know what I mean? Like people were placed into these roles, which is limiting in some ways, but also you're born into into a job that like you're built to do. And if you're not, then you would be a merchant or you would be what a do you what do you think the dep depression and suicide rates were in the 1600s, the 1700s. Imagine it would have been really low. I, what yeah, do you think? I, I mean, I, I, yeah, I think, I think it's incredibly low. I mean, if we look at at, at the statistic, I mean, and, and you can go back in history, and there's, you know, documented things of melancholy, right? And I'm sure even in Greek times there were people, you know, I'm sure there was suicide then and and that sort of thing, but I don't think it was quite as prevalent as it is today. And I think part of that is is from a from a lack of purpose and just mm -hmm. what you said, where it's like we're doing stuff that means fuck all. Right. Like men, men are designed with a purpose. And if they aren't, if they don't feel like they're fulfilling that purpose, it's, it's going to have consequences. It's going to negatively affect them. Right. And so we, we're, we're working these bullshit corporate jobs for bullshit corporations that mean nothing. They have no soul. And then we wonder why we feel unfulfilled. And, and, and you have to ask yourself, well, what are you doing? And so for some people, Man, being able to get into a spreadsheet and make the numbers work and do that, like they love that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, they, it just just the ability to do that and and you know find these details and and it, it's their it's their art form, right? And yes, that job is for you. Do that, you know. And if you put that guy and and put a hammer in his hand, he would hate it. He would fall to pieces and would be miserable, right? But conversely, if you take the the hammer, the guy who needs a hammer in his hand and sit him in that office, man, it's going to be a problem. And so I think we have just accepted that whatever society tells us, whatever path is in vogue, that's what we follow as opposed to doing the, the, the hard work of introspection and figuring, OK, who am I at my core? What what am I good at? What what calls to me? 
what am I passionate about and, and how does that relate to my God-given abilities and what can I do with that? And I, I don't think we're teaching kids or anyone to ask those questions. I, I also think that what happens and leads to a lot of of that suicidal ideation or depression or, or all the kind of stuff that, you know, in particular, it seems like men are facing is there's uh there's like a stepping over of their, their, their own soul's integrity, if you know what that mm. means. Like for me, like I couldn't do a job like that because it was so out of integrity for myself of who I am mm-hmm. that I couldn't tolerate that. Like I, I just couldn't. And some people they've built what my, what I'm making up at least, or what I see is like, well, they know that it's not an integrity but then they build all these things in their life to kind of numb it out. You know, they build a lifestyle so they don't really have to be with that. Yeah. Whereas if you sit with it long enough and you're just like, what the fuck? Like that's what a mid, in my opinion, that's what a midlife crisis is. Is like, eventually you just hit this point where you're like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, you know what I mean? What, the, what have I been doing for the last 20 years? And, and you just do something radical to shift everything, which isn't always the best solution, but right. you just feel like I have to take some sort of action. But it is intentional. Totally. And that's, and I think that's what's lacking is is in for me again i have found a lot of freedom and and just peace in just in doing things intentionally and mm-hmm. understanding why i'm doing the things that i'm doing for good or for bad i mean it doesn't mean that everything i do is smart or or good but i am doing it with intention and then i have to analyze based off of the net result <laughs> where those attentions were coming from and should i should I follow them in the future? Right. But, but I don't think we, we have the, the curiosity to like ask those questions of ourselves. And, and, you know, the, the whole workout that we did was really, I was just curious. I have this idea about how men interact and work. Um, I have a hypothesis. Let's test it. You know, I, it, it is, it is the scientific method of fuck around and find out. Mm-hmm. So we fucked around and then we found out. You strike me as the kind of person that leads your life from that place. Even from like, not many people get into something like professional MMA fighting, you know what I mean? And then go to like start a clothing company. Like you 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 kind of, you strike me as someone and correct me if I'm wrong, that kind of just follows their interests without being t- totally calculated about how this is going to contribute to my <laughs> retirement fund and da 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 you're like no Which? i'm following my curiosity and for sure that has its shadow aspect or the hard part of that yeah, yeah, yeah. but there's also a level of integrity that you're like hey i'm really interested in this thing and i'm going to pursue that even though it might be a total bifurcation from what i was doing before like uh, from someone to go from like fighting to creating a brand like you have you know what i mean and creating clothing that's that's a pretty interesting departure i imagine yeah well and and this is why when you said oh i've been following you for a while i was like oh i'm sorry i i don't recommend anybody following like (laughs) like do not because i don't know where the fuck i'm going but that's it though you know i i'm but i for better or for worse I, i i have found a lot more success in my life and, and, and certainly happiness in it, in contentment, in, I don't know, almost, this is going to sound ridiculous, but almost taking like a, a, a very like wizardly approach of, you know, almost mystical, like, I you know, the, the line from Lord of the Rings always stands out where it's like a, a wizard is neither early or late. He arrives precisely when he means to. Mm. And, and. and where it's like, man, to think that I can plan out everything in my life in the world, I think is 
that's going to happen is a fool's errand. So I, I, I allow an openness to move with whatever, whatever, whatever leads me and however I'm led. And for sure, if you're trying to follow behind me, you're going to be like, what the fuck are we doing? Where are we going? This is where I don't want to like lead anyone. I'm happy to guide, right? You can watch me from a distance and be like, you know, through, through, you know, squinted eyes while I fuck things up or do something really awesome. Who knows? Um, but I, but I, when I stop assigning, um, some kind of a, a judgment to the thing and I, and I just let it happen, it, it, it becomes, I think a lot more useful because I can take that and just learn and then apply that somewhere else. And so that's really has just been the process of, you know, uh, an understanding of like, hey, if I challenge myself in some way, that's been really my only guidance of like, is this hard? Does it make me super uncomfortable? Okay, there's probably something useful in that. Let's lean into it. You know, that that really has been my only thing. And, and obviously there is some level of enjoyment to it, but it's this weird tension of like love and hate. Like fighting was, was, I loved everything about it and I absolutely hated it at the same time. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there, there was so much of it where it's like there, wh- why would I ever do anything else? And then there was like, why would I ever do this to myself? And, 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 and it taught me so much, you know, and I mean, I'm super grateful for, for all those really hard lessons that I had to learn the hard way. Um, and, and every step of my life has kind of been that way from starting the business and going down that route. Like, again, I am not inherently business savvy. Well, I, but I would say that, like, if anything, that's actually a pretty. So it, what I've learned and, and people have heard this before is like leadership to me is un, inherently the ability to step into the unknown because when you lead from the front, you are the one that is like stepping into the fuck. Like, I don't know, but, I'm you know, think of a guy at the front of a of a whole platoon or whatever like that charging, you know, forward of the lines. He has no idea what he's, he's running into really, but he's the one that's willing to, to lead from the front knowing that like, okay, I'm going to take the step into the unknown. And, and you might, might not see yourself from being your own being and knowing what you don't know and all that kind of stuff. And you're like, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but people watching that, like, wow, that's a guy that's willing to take risks. He's willing to step in a cage and take a pretty massive risk. He's willing to, 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 you know, strike out on a business that he has really no, uh, from my understanding, you didn't really have any experience in doing that kind of stuff. And I don't even know what, what else kind of projects you've been up to. You know what I mean? But that tenacity, I think is really what's missing from a lot of people that can be really inspiring. I resonate with that myself. I've always been someone that if I have even just a peak curiosity in it, I'll just go for it. Like, Mm -hmm. why not? Like this is, this is my life. I'm here to experiment. I want to try things and I have a real deep desire to learn. I don't care about looking stupid for the most part sometimes, but you know, for the most part, like I'll look like a fucking idiot because I get to try things. I don't take myself so seriously. And that alone, I feel, is missing from so many guys. I get around so many dudes, and I'm, I'm like, well, what do you really want to do? Like, what do you really want to do with your mm-hmm. life? Like, that's a question I'm always asking guys that I work with. Because, And then I, they dig and dig and dig, and eventually they get to this place, and I'm like, well, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? Like, not like, don't, you don't have to quit your job and move right. to, but like, what's stopping you from making the next step towards that? And then it always comes up around the fear and, and then what we were talking about before the cultural and societal kind of dampening of, of like stepping out of the, 
401k or stepping out of your history. Oh, mm-hmm. but I got a master's. It took me seven years. And now if I change ship direction yeah. of the ship, well, it's a sunken fu- cost fallacy. Yeah. Right? You're fucked either way though. What you're going to like, you think you're going to change your life in 10 years or you're going to change it now. It's going to hurt a lot more in 10 years when you've invested this much more well, time. Into I, it. And I don't care, you know, how successful your law practice is. If you fucking kill yourself because you're miserable, yeah. who cares? That's not like, that's not success. Right. And so we have, we have really, like constrained our our collective notion of success to only translate to dollars and cents right and and for me being letting go of that has been really helpful because it's like i again i mean i i i'm joking saying where it's i'm not really joking but it sounds like i'm joking <laughs> where it says i have no business running a business because i'm not really good at business and i'm not great at making money like that's not my strength mm-hmm. like thank god my wife is is super awesome at that. And it just comes to her naturally. That's not my gift. And if I try to force that, and it's not to say that like I won't work and I can't make money, but if like that becomes my main focus, I'm going to be miserable and it's going to bleed into everything else and make it way less effective. And it's a conversation that she and I have had quite a few times when I start to get a little bit off the mark and everything in our in our life starts falling apart because i'm focusing so much on the business and so much on you know zeros and ones and you can you you can feel it like you can feel it with with our kids you can feel it here in the space i mean it it has a profound effect and so i've i've become learned to become sensitive to that and i think that's really important and i think this what you're talking about this idea of stepping out for guys and the fear I think truthfully that stems from, and and I think almost every problem that we have in a society and particularly as men, it comes down to a self-worth issue. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure you see this in the work. That 100%. You do, right. Where, well, what are you afraid of? Well, I'm afraid of failing. Why are you afraid of failing? Well, that will reflect negative. It will mean I am a failure. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm not as valuable. Right. And, is is the is the the thought line, the narrative right? yeah. that's the narrative that we end up telling ourselves and and society kind of reinforces that of course because all we give a shit about are the winners the only people we applaud the the highest high most highly respected individuals in our society today are the winners right and you can and it's that. judged by net worth oftentimes too. Yeah, like, well, oh, I but mean, he's a billionaire. The like, only <laughs> people we care of the people yeah. who are at, at the peak of our civilization right now. Not truly, but in, yeah. in, in the, the public perception are our athletes, professional athletes and our top business moguls. Yep. Right. And from the metric of winning competitions and from the metrics from accumulating currency money, they are at the top. But if you were to peel back and look at any other metric in their life, right man they are not winning at all Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like i you know i i use this example quite a bit and maybe there's a better one and i don't have like a anything against the guy it just it just is the one that comes to mind because he's so good at what he did but like michael jordan i think is a great example where it's like fuck there's there's nobody who did it better but you know how at how many points in that guy's life is he truly happy Tiger Woods. You Tiger know I mean? Woods like, is a great example. Yeah. Um, I mean, and the, the list can go totally. on and on. And I mean, there are there are successful athletes 
out there who who are winning, but it has nothing to do with their sport competition. It has everything to do with what's inside them and how they actually interact in the world outside of the game that they play. They happen to excel at a, a very particular game that happens to be lauded in society that it's just like those two intersections. It's like, yeah, you might be, like you said, you it's might correlation though. It's not causation. But exactly. It's just it, correlation. And exactly. We say, we say, Oh, well he's successful because a, he's really good at playing this game yeah. and B he has millions of dollars. It's like, no, actually he's a super fucking good dude and he knows himself intimately and he can express that and share love with other humans and everything else is just cursory cursory to that. You Absolutely. Know? Yeah. And it's, it's it, the, the, the worst part about that is, or at least the most distorted part of that is, is because that's the game that we lift and celebrate. That's the game that everybody assumes that they need to play, mm-hmm. especially men. You know what yep. I mean? Like yep. you look at guys like, yeah, it's so easy to talk about like Andrew Tate or, you know, even yeah. Jordan Peterson, man. Like he's just like, I, he's got a lot of good fundamental values and stuff like that. But it's, it's like all these guys that kind of want a dad to tell them what to do. And, yeah. and, and, and I, Tate's kind of like the older cool brother. And it's like, Oh yeah. But like, if you make a, a ton of money and you have a ton of women <laughs> and like you have the, the 12 sports cars, like now that is the pinnacle of success. And the only reason that something like that gets so popular is because nobody else has anything to grasp onto. Like what, what other, what, nobody wants to, to grasp onto like the fundamental, fundamental, rightness or, or goodness or wholesome you values of it. You can't quantify Yeah, like oh being a good father, like yeah that's got like a there there are people that think that, but that's not like a big celebrated thing in right. the world. It's not like that's the pinnacle of success. Like, oh, you know why Michael Jordan's such a good dude? Because he's just such a good dad and he spends time with his kids and he treats them so well and he gives them opportunities. Fuck the basketball. Like right. no, like you never hear that conversation. No, you no. super don't and, and to me that's not that's not winning. Right? If I, I don't care how many fights I could win every fight ever. I could be undefeated world champion in three weight classes, right? The best, the best MMA fighter on the planet. To me, that means fuck all. If my, if I don't have a relationship with my wife and my kids and, and so this, this, <laughs> this is going to sound counterintuitive, but bear with me. All right. <laughs> That to me is, is, is peak success. Um, and that sounds very domesticated to other people, but I would argue that chasing this corporate dream is the domestication. And the only reason I can operate in a space where, where the only thing that matters is the wellness of my wife and my kids is because I'm, I'm so far in the other direction and, and, and I don't know what's the, a uh, feral, I guess, mm-hmm. was the opposite of domestic. I, I'm so confident in my feral abilities that I don't give a fuck. I don't need any of this shit. If if I had to, I'd take that bow and arrow and I'd go out in the woods and I'd shoot squirrels. And honestly, we might live a better life than in, than in the house. Oh, a thousand percent. You know what I mean? So <laughs> so there's literally nothing that could happen that, that could be taken away from me as long as I have that ability to be with them. And so the domestication comes when I'm reliant on this, you know, this paycheck and this retirement and, you know, being able to pay this mortgage and this car payment and having this boat Get to the and, grocery store and buy my meat. Cause I don't know how to procure anything or grow my own uh, yeah. food. Or, there's a whole, like, 
I don't know if you've ever seen some of these memes that are around now. It's like the resistance in the seventies or whatever is like dudes with big mohawks and like these punks. And it's like the yeah, resistance yeah. now. And it's just like a guy with his family, like clean cut, like <laughs> having a, having a little, have, exactly a like, chickens. like, yeah, have a few chickens because that, that really is the truth. I mean, we came very quickly because at the turn of the century in the 1900s, that was the norm, you know, and getting back to that piece around community, even I, I was, I farmed for a few years and, uh, and you are your community of people around you, your neighbors, even if you're all on 40 acres or whatever, they come. And I remember we had a, a mechanic that lived down the road and he would come and help repair the tractors when we needed stuff done. And we had a vet that lived down and they would help with the animals. And like, that was like the bond in the community that we had built. And we didn't, we are growing food. We didn't have to leave the farm for weeks. Like yeah. we, we didn't need anything. What do we need? Like we don't need anything. And if we needed it, we could trade with our neighbors. We had that kind of our own, our own. Um, it was like our own society, really, yeah. our own little ecosystem, pocket of culture, ecology, our yeah. own eco- ecosystem for sure. And and everything that we needed, uh, it, skills, you know, uh, supplies, everything like that. I mean, was all supplied in that. And that's really how people live for so long. And this, yeah, this idea of working your whole life to buy back your freedom is indebted slavery. And I think that people don't realize no. that, that like we're, you are not, doesn't matter how much money you're making. It doesn't ma- None of that matters. You're actually just trying to buy back the most valuable thing that you can never get back, which is your time and your health. Yeah. Right. And like you, you can't tra- trading money for that is this is literally if you if you sat and just thought about it and really looked at it, it's one of the stupidest, shittiest investments you can make. Like it's it's the worst payout mm-hmm. to to give all of your best and healthiest years of your life. So you can maybe if you make it someday get be free so you have more money than you can spend in your life because money the value of money declines because right. you can't do anything with it when you're older mm-hmm. you know what i mean like f- what it's so absurd it's a it's a it, yeah it's a terrible proposition it's a, very, <laughs> it's a very losing proposition and i mean you know i don't i mean it, it slavery isn't inaccurate i almost look at it more as like serfdom yeah right that's where, a better way of putting where, it yeah. where it's like yeah, you know, you can choose to do some stuff, but motherfucker, you better, <laughs> if you want to have a place to live, you better go out and, and do the thing that the landowner tells you to do, or you're going to be in serious trouble, and you are beholden to that. And, I, you know, I don't think that that's the way that we were designed and created. I mean, yes, we have to do things to survive, but, and and I think when we are doing those things to survive, we feel very fulfilled. This is the consequence part, right? And the purpose where it's like, man, you felt so much better when you were doing these hard jobs when other people were dependent on you because you had skin in the game and it mattered, right? Our, our, we have evolved our society so rapidly that like, I mean, no one really has to worry about like survival is not anything that anybody really thinks of. You know, in 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 real survival terms, like no, I I have to go out and like pay money to, to go get to, my you ass have kicked. To try really hard <laughs> to die of dehydration. Yeah, totally. You know, I mean, you would have to refuse to like drink water because you can go almost anywhere in in the country and get clean water to drink. That has not been the case for you know the vast majority of human existence, mm-hmm. right? And and 
so man, we, we have become so incredibly comfortable and our, we have traded real survival and real skin in the game for trinkets and baubles and shiny things that we have been told, Oh, well, you gotta, you gotta have a house to live in. Do I? Fuck you. I've got two shelters that I built <laughs> out there. Like if I had to, I'll, you know what I mean? Like, again, I, I'm not saying that that is my, my plan, but knowing that I could, if I needed to really alleviates a lot of the, the anxiety of like, well, fuck what happens. Mm-hmm. And, and really all that does is it gives me the ability, not that that is my game plan, but this, this understanding of self-reliance and, and, and by extension self-worth that I know that I'm capable, right? Well, how do I determine my worth? Well, I can do shit and that has value. I know it has value, right? And so I believe it. I don't have to convince myself. I don't have to trick myself. I don't have to buy, you know, a hundred thousand dollar Tesla to tell me, oh yeah, I'm good at things and I can, I'm successful, right? Because I know I can chop down a tree and I can cut that bitch up into wood and I can start a fire and I could be warm. I think that also puts kind of momentum on your tenacity to, continue to try and do new things do you know what i mean like as you continue to to build capabilities in all these different areas and trying different things and your willingness to just be like yeah i'm gonna figure out how to build a shelter or figure out how to start a friction fire or whatever it doesn't have to be survival skills necessarily it could be anything then you're like more inclined to continue to try new things and and that kind of it's this like feedback system mm-hmm. which builds that confidence to be okay with your like the best times in my life are the times have nothing to do with money or spending money or being in a corporate society. It's like always like for me personally, and I'm not saying this is for everybody. Maybe it is the guy for the spreadsheet. But for me, <laughs> it's always like making memories with people I love and being in the natural world. And I believe, and it makes sense, it checks out for me that as you know, we've spent quite a long time doing those two things more than we've done anything else. Right. So it's just kind of embedded and installed in our way of being in our DNA that that's like, that's kind of like what we're supposed to be doing. And all of this is a racket and it's like a game. And I'm not, I'm not like we were saying before, like I'm not some Luddite and saying like, Oh, like, you know, screw society and I don't need any of this. It's really convenient to drive to the grocery store and get what I need and to have clean drinking water and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that, and I've, I've talked about this before, <laughs> we don't even get the opportunity as men or really in societally to experience the, just like the, the real profound, wholesome nature of like the simplicity of those kind of things of life purity. of living simply the purity, purity the purity like the the purity that just comes with like when you see your kids run through the grass just having the time of their life mm-hmm. where when did we lose disconnection with that and we were talking earlier about you know kids on their iPads and super techie and right in school being five six seven years old and you immediately get pulled into that whole system and it's like there's that innocence that I've touched on again when I'm just out in the country, you know, or out on a hike or, or, or working on the survival stuff or on that boss course, or I'm just like, Oh yeah. Like it's all good. This is how we're supposed like, to it's all good. Like yeah. it's all, I'm so happy. I'm watching a squirrel run around. I'm watching, you know what I mean? I'm watching the birds fly by. I'm listening to their calls. I'm like crafting something mm-hmm. with a knife. And I'm just like, man, this, 
Like there's nothing that I need right yeah. now. There's nothing that I need. And I think even if guys got a taste of that, you don't have to go on a month long survival course. You don't have to do any of that. But just those moments of like no demand on your life. I don't need to be making money right now. I don't need to be strategizing. I don't need to be worrying about what other people are doing or my cars or doom scrolling social media. I'm just here in the present moment right now. So much of that burden of that existential burden of like needing to perform or do something with your life and all the depression and anxiety of not being enough and all the kind of stuff you're talking about of the self-worth stuff kind of starts to dissolve a little bit. Uh, let me ask you this. Do you think the human animal that we are, however you want to believe we came into being and whatever you want to believe reasons we are here on this temporal plane of existence, <laughs> Do you think the intention of that was for us to constantly exist in a state of anxiety and depression and just be fraught with worry and moving from one crisis to the next, to the next, to the next? Hey, y'all. Hope you're enjoying this episode with Josh. I wanted to drop in and let you know about a new program I've put together with my brothers at 13 Pines. It's called Elemental, and it's a four-month initiation for men using the elements of earth, fire, water, and air as archetypal cornerstones for the development of embodied masculine leadership. We'll be meeting weekly over Zoom for four months where you will learn to master the physical and energetic practices required to sharpen your sword of conscious masculinity. Those calls will lay the foundation for an initiatory experience that we'll be having in person where you'll spend five days with us going into the depths of your being and coming out a transformed man. If this experience sounds vague, that's kind of intentional, as this type of sacred work happens behind closed doors. Now we're only opening this experience to 20 men, and we've already sold 50% of the spots to our private community at the time of this recording. If you want to learn more about 13 Pines as an organization, listen to the first three episodes of this podcast as I interview my co-founders, Alan, Nick, and Chris. If you're interested in the program, Elemental, go ahead and send us an email, info at 13pines.com, and that's with 13 spelled out. Then put Elemental in the subject line and we'll get back to you with more program details. Again, we're limiting this to 20 men, so it's a deep, intimate experience. We're already half full and it's definitely going to sell out once we go public. So if you're interested at all, go ahead and email us and act now. I guarantee it will be the best decision you've ever made. Do you think the intention of that was for us to constantly exist in a state of anxiety and depression and just be fraught with worry and moving from one crisis to the next, to the next, to the next. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> yeah obviously. That's, that's the whole reason. <laughs> that's the whole plan, man. And then yeah, you die. I mean, that makes sense. That checks out. <laughs> well, and, 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 okay, if that is the case, is there any other living creature that you can think of that exists in that state does a is a bird worried that one day it's going to wake up and there will be no worms in the ground fuck no that it just goes and does bird stuff and if there's no worms over here it flies a couple hundred yards and gets a worm out of the ground there and it just goes about 
being this thing because it was created and designed to exist in this world like it was made for it. I think we have somehow become disillusioned as humans that we are not a part of this world. We are not connected to it in mm -hmm. any way. And and we somehow are a part of it or apart from it and don't belong in it. And it's like, no, man, I got these two hands that can do a lot of shit and I can form and build and make things in a way that I can live and survive if I have the knowledge and skills. But the problem is we have, we have removed or unlearned or forgotten those skills and we've become dependent on someone else to provide all the things that we need. And so now we are in this existential crisis of like, Oh shit, if the power, if I don't pay my power bill, I have no electricity and we're going to freeze to death. Right. And that's a, that's not a fun place to be like, so we can do one of two things. We can either go in one extreme and just make a fuck ton of money and rise above it, which, you know, is, is one way. And I'm not condemning anyone who goes that route, or we could go the opposite extreme and be content to have nothing and understand, like, I don't really need anything other than food, water, and shelter and love my family. That's that, that's it. But this idea that, that, we can't exist without having all this stuff, I think is, is the most, you know, painful, I, I you know, idea that people have adopted, right? It, it is a source of so much suffering because this it's, it, we have to have, we have to have, we've, we've, we've bought that lie. And when you recognize that what you have is already enough because yeah, I can, man, Sun comes what? up every day, you know what I mean? Yeah, like the sun comes up every single day. <laughs> yeah. And you know what's really cool? Like sometimes it's cloudy and then the next day I might have something different and then there's a fucking rainbow and then oh look at that squirrel and you know what I mean? And I can watch these things and if I get super bored, I'll build a fire and I'll stare at that some bitch for a little while. And then I get a little <laughs> bit hungry, so I'll go pick some berries, right? Yeah. It's like this this natural state, this more feral, um, existence, I think we would really do well to be able to just keep that in mind and, 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 and tap into that as needed. Again, don't throw out all the technology and the good, like, man, I really love the fact that we have modern medicine and like, you know, there's, there's antibiotics. If I get something super nasty, right? Like that's super cool, man. Thank goodness. Right. And, and to some degree, thank goodness the sacrifices that humans made before us who gave up their sovereignty to work in, in a mass manufactured way that built and created the society and advanced it to the point that we're at right now. Like, mm -hmm. man, I am super grateful that those motherfuckers had to work, you know, 14 hours a day in a factory to build all the shit that we have. Um, but I don't think that we have to continue that and and this idea of like well we just got to keep advancing i mean why why stop there we we've, we've got all these things let's let's keep going and you know it, this is the this is the the bad incentives where we've fallen into this idea of like well more is always better right there's a there's a term that they have for growth for the sake of growth yeah Do you know what we call that in the I, world i can't remember it's called cancer Oh, <laughs> when something just grows because it can, yeah, uncontrolled it's a tumor, <laughs> it's a fucking tumor, yeah, right. And and so, but if you look at business, what is the number one rule of business? Of course, yeah, if you're not growing, you're dying, 
Yeah. And so we, we, we think that we just, okay, well, cool. I got a nice house and you know, we've got vehicles. Well, what else do we need? Let's get, let's get more stuff. Let's, let's keep growing. Well, now I need a bigger house. Well, now I need a vacation house. I need, 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 need. And then to, to satisfy that, I have to, I have to bargain. I have to make this shitty exchange of my time and my energy in order to do, to, to get this thing that I have just been, I don't know, somehow convinced is the most co-opted into. Yeah. Yeah. what do you think the antidote for like a guy listening or watching this who feels like that? Maybe he's caught, he's caught in this like, fuck, I'm, I'm in over my head in terms of like, I have this huge life that I've built and I'm totally miserable in it, depressed, probably isolated too. That's a big thing mm-hmm. that I notice with yep. a lot of men is like, they also kind of are so busy between trying to manage everything that they've built in their life and work and make money. And, and if they have a family that... And they don't really have good men that that they have that skin in the game with, that they've built that trust with, that they've they've you know really cultivated relationships. Um, I think that's a big part of what contributes to a lot of 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 the crises that we're seeing. Like fuck, what, where would you start with someone like that? Um, I I would start with telling them to breathe. <laughs> And, and I and, love that. No, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, step one, right? And yeah. and this is something that has you know a, a good friend of mine has brought me back to quite a few times and brought me brought me from the some pretty sketchy situations. We've been on some pretty wild adventures, um, both with and without um, exogenous substances. <laughs> <laughs> And, and, and he's been such a good guide in, in helping me and, and bring me back to that, the idea of breath and not just breathing. Well, we do that all all, all day, but I mean like actually feeling the breath. Like when I say breathe, I don't just mean inhale, exhale. I mean like uh, the taking in the, this, this life force energy that, that every, (laughs) every cell in your body needs to function right and 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 creating that exchange from oxygen to co2 and and feeling what that does with your body like feeling the air moving through your nostrils and your mouth and down your esophagus and into your lungs and expanding and every like tiny detail minutia of breathing in and breathing out that's where i would start mm mm-hmm recognizing that yeah i would say it's just to, to to add to that one of the things that i oftentimes tell people or teach people when because i do a lot of work around the breath is think about the first thing that happens when you get in a stress state or or like a a, a response like a flight response mm-hmm. first thing that goes is your breath mm-hmm. you tighten up right and then you go really shallow shallow breathing right and so it's it's like you're kind of reverse engineering it oftentimes where you if okay if i can if i can get my breath again Right. Even trying to shoot the bow, I was like trying to take some deep breaths, uh-huh. just like try to slow down my yep. heart rate and slow down my mind because I find that the deeper I breathe, the more I let the breath drop deeper into my body, the mind starts to slow down and I can think a little clearer. I'm not, I, I don't have the anxiety mm-hmm. or the stress response. Um, so, yeah, like I think that's such a great place that if men were really to pay attention to, just well, like, where is my breath right now in my body? Yeah. And am I even aware of it? Right. And so when you when you find that awareness of your breath, then 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 taking that a step further, 
understanding that you have and you are everything that you need right now in this moment. Like if you're breathing, you're here. That's it. Right. When you're not breathing, it's a problem. Right. (laughs) And for someone who has made a career off of inadvertently (laughs) get not breathing (laughs) from time to time, I can tell you how much you really appreciate that when it comes back to you after it's been taken away. Um, and so the fact that, that you were alive and thinking and, and here in this moment means that, that you do have a purpose and you were created for that purpose exactly as you are right now with no, no strings attached, nothing extra. You don't have to become you are. And when guys can understand that they are, then it, it frees them to open up to anything else that they could possibly become. And so understanding, and this is the, this is the hard part, right? Because on the surface, it sounds like I'm telling you two different things where it's like, hey, man, you're good enough. Don't do anything. And then I'm going to turn around and say, hey, you, you got to do more. But that's not what I'm saying right now. It's It's yes and, right? Understanding that, like, again, by virtue of still being alive, by having breath, being able to draw breath, it means you're, you're winning. You did it. You're, you're still here. Okay. And that means that, that you have some capability to do things. You have, you're, you're an expert at survival. You're, you're undefeated. You're winning, right? Like survival is just the, the art of not dying. You woke and if up you're another not, day. <laughs> if you're not dead, man, you, you're, you beat you're a lot camp. of people out too. You you're, know what I mean? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> you you're crushing it. You're the fact that you even it. made it here, you know what I mean? So, so mm. when you, when you have that, right. And you understand that, then it, it frees you to, to think, well, man, I've done so much with what I have. I, I that I'm still here. What is the potential that I have? And, and it sparks this curiosity, not a, Oh, I've got to be better. I've got to be more. It's not this like, I don't know, masochistic David Goggins mentality of let me see how hard I can break myself. It's, it's, it comes from a place of curiosity of like, man, well, what can I do with, with what I have here? Um, and that when, when I recognize and I appreciate what I have and I like what I have, right. And, and extend that, like, I love what I have. I love who I am. Then I can start to accept and share that love with other people and that bleeds into everything that we do right i mean this this may sound like a gross oversimplification i don't think it is at all but but really if that becomes the foundation at least for me for whatever it's worth everything else kind of falls into place and it doesn't mean you don't have shitty days and you don't get frustrated right it doesn't mean that you won't need that reminder to come back to your breath and and start that cycle again. But if you can repeat that process and and create that as just like a built-in mantra, I I think I'm not saying it's going to solve all your problems. I wouldn't claim that to be the cure or the antidote, but I think it is, if nothing else, a step in the right direction. Yeah. I think when you fundamentally, like when you can't accept just the way that things are, because you kind of, in some regard, created everything that's hap- happening in your life at some point. You might not have been totally conscious yeah, yeah, of yeah. it, and everybody gets dealt a different card and has different things they have to go through, and I really you know, honor that, of course. But at the end of the day, like 
it's really hard to make a shift or a step in the right direction when you're feeling that tension of like not accept it's hard to love yourself when you don't accept the way your life is and yeah. it's hard to care about anybody well, else if you're unhappy right and put intention I mean, into anything mm-hmm. when you're just like f- like just can't be with what life is giving you and i've struggled that even particularly in this last year just uh, you know i'm moving down to the u.s and just going through all this kind of huge adjustment where i'm like fighting the experience that i'm having the one that i chose like i chose all this right i'm just like ah and then just it took me months to just recognize like wait a minute what am i upset about like what am i complaining about what am i like i'm breathing i got that my life's pretty my life's pretty damn good i get to record this cool podcast i get to do all this stuff and i was i just got so caught up in Focusing on the way that I didn't want it to be in the way that I wasn't happy with some of this percentage of things that were happening in my life where that stuff became so amplified because I was thinking about it all the time. Now I didn't want to be with it. Right. Instead of being like coming back to, oh, like, damn, dude, I've done a lot of shit. I'm here every day. Like I've I've had the successes I've had and and what exactly what you're saying. I'm curious enough to like, where can I take things? Like, how can I, how, yes, of course I accept myself where I'm at and, mm-hmm. and wow, I could, I could probably do so much more, so much better. And, and I, I can't remember where I heard this quote recently, but there's, you're talking about like the markers of success for people. And one of them is like, you're humble enough to know that you don't know anything mm-hmm. yet. You also think like you're good enough to do anything. Yeah. Like those kind of two conflicting mm-hmm. values tend to drive people to do incredible things in the world because they're not so egotistical that they think they know it all, but they also do actually have a, a pretty firm belief in themselves, right? And and I think some of us innately, for whatever reason, come into the world with different varying levels of that. I don't. I think I part of mine was I had a really my father was really good at pushing me to just do stuff. Mm-hmm. Like there was this mantra he always told me. It was just like, don't say you can't say you'll try. Yeah. And, and like, I just, he, he like, it's in me. Like mm-hmm. I can't get that out of me. <laughs> it's just, it's got installed in my nervous system. And I was just like, yeah, fuck you dad. Like, what are you talking about? Like, I didn't, didn't understand it. But he's like, since I was like four years old, he's just been saying that. So just that tenacity to keep staying curious and be like, okay, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try, I'll try something new. Um, and then, like I said, and that kind of comes back to building building that curiosity, that confidence that like, Hey, there's more available to my life than whatever's happening right now. Just because this is happening doesn't mean this is the way that it has to stay. It has to be. And I think so many men get stuck in that. Like, this is it. I I think we are, we are, we, we, I mentioned this before earlier before the workout. Um, but I, but I think we are creative by nature. Right. Um, I, I think that in the same way that whatever this whole thing is was created somehow again however you want to believe that that fell into sequence whether it was you know six days worth or you know uh, six billion years six billion years or however however you want to timeline don't matter yeah Yeah. time time's an illusion anyway um but in that same generative creative model i think we as humans mimic that right i i think i think in in the way that that this existence is is a masterpiece and an art form we are that as well we are both part of the painting and also the painter right when we have the ability to create 
I'm not saying you can like move shit with your mind or, or whatever, but like, man, you can do a lot more to affect your, envi- the environment around you, but that starts with affecting the environment within you, right? If you can't change yourself, you can't expect to change the world around you. Mm-hmm. It's, I mean, it's just, it's a fool's errand. Like if you, the, the, the only thing I truly have control over is, is this, right? And if I, incapable of affecting change here how can i possibly expect to do that in a meaningful way outside of that um and going back to you know the you mentioned something you know where where it is sometimes hard for us as men to see the value that we have right even if we have done some things that we can you know put a feather in our cap and we can look back on it it we still get into these positions where we, we believe this lie that it's not enough and we're, we're, we don't have it. And that's where the community component is really important where, and this is why we're designed to exist in a community because we need others to be the reflection so that we can truly see and know ourselves. I can't see and know the fullness of me without having the reflection of another human to bounce that back and inform me on that. And when guys don't have this, I don't give a shit what kind of like, you know, Sigma male Kool-Aid you want to drink. Like you're not John Wick. Stop. That's a movie. Right. And there's a lot of dudes that are like super into that. They're like, I'm, I'm not an alpha. I'm a Sigma. And like, first of all, we don't even use the Greek alphabet for shit anymore. I don't know why you can, you can call yourself whatever, you know, ancient letter you want to be. And we could start, I mean, shit, we'll get into the, to the, you know, Futhark runes if we want to like let's get weird but it, it <laughs> none of it matters like it's so it's it's really silly and guys you know kind of beat their chest with these with these ideas and you know you know what happens to a lone wolf in the wild don't last long it fucking dies yep. man and so we're not we're not meant to be in that state can we if you have to sure should we be proud of that should is that the ideal absolutely not and so being able to create and find a community and and have that reflection and understanding that we need it and we also need to show up and be able to reflect that right and i think this is something that men often miss when asking for help um and and i talked about this with some of our guys who who we have coming to our events and and the Spoiler alert, the secret for anyone who comes out, the thing that you're going to walk away with, the the lesson that I'm trying to help impart is that you are enough as you are and you can, by virtue of the men who are around you, and when you spend three days in the wilderness doing man stuff, you you very quickly realize you're like, oh yeah, no, you're right. It's not just me. I'm not blowing smoke. You you can feel it. You're like, oh yeah, I am, I am worthy because that your presence here validates the fact, right? And and vice versa, right? It's a very reciprocal thing. And so when we when we deny somebody that by not asking them for help, this is what I was saying. It was like, hey, I get it. You don't want to ask for help because you don't want to be a burden. But if you don't ask me for advice or help, I can't do the thing that I'm really good at. And you're doing me a disservice because now I'm just sitting here with a thumb up my ass doing nothing right when like hey i've got this thing I'm, I'm i'm pretty insightful i can help guys but they have to come you have to ask i can't just show up at your door you have to invite me in mm-hmm. and if you don't you know i know it feels like you're doing me a favor but you're actually kind of fucking me you know like 
stop. You know what I mean? So it's, it helped me help you. And this is kind of to bring it all full circle. This is, this is kind of the model of the, the exercise, the workout that we did, right? Where it's like, I'm helping me, I'm helping you, which is actually in turn helping me by paying attention, having more in, you know, more focus on what I'm doing by shooting this arrow so that you don't have to do more work so that I don't have to do more work. And we actually make it through this thing, workout, life analogy. Yeah, absolutely. And just together th- that brotherhood, you know what I mean? Just having brothers that, um, cause it's hard for men. You know, I, I noticed that I, I ran a plant medicine retreat last year, which I was talking to you a little bit about. And, uh, I was just like hammering into these guys. Like if you need help, ask for it. Cause I know what you guys are like. And yeah. these are pretty conscious dudes too. Yeah. And I was like, I know what you men are like. And it was all men. And I was like, you're not going to fucking ask for help and you're really going to need it. You know what I mean? And then you're going to be like all upset or you're going to have this terrible experience. Yeah. But all you needed to do was just say help. Like yeah. that's literally just get the word out of your mouth. Yep. If you're just even thinking about say it, just ask. Right. And I'm like, this, just use this as a place to practice mm-hmm. the idea of asking for help in your life. Because I was like that. I would rather, you know, for many years, I would rather look like an idiot or fuck something up or, or, or take twice as long to do something or just be miserable when all I had to do was just ask someone for help. And the thing about help when you ask for it is like it's one of the quickest ways to build a bond with someone asking for help, mm-hmm. not even just helping someone, yeah, actually yeah. asking just, for just the it. Action. The action of asking for help mm-hmm. and letting someone help you actually has that person feel closer to you they've done a bunch of studies on mm-hmm. this rather than feel burdened by yeah. helping you, which is such a mind fuck for so many people. You know what I mean? Because they're like, no, then I'm going to feel like a burden. Dude, I've, I've done this, especially even ask my wife for help. Like sometimes I just w- refuse to ask her mm-hmm. and I'm like learning like, Oh no, like what am I doing? Like, you know what I mean? And there's some part of me that just has that in me still that I feel like I have to do it alone. It's a, well, it's a disservice and you're discrediting, crediting the other person because you're projecting your own fear and, and maybe the own way you inadequacy and all that yeah yeah yeah. where it's like they they could say no if they don't want to do it right like you know you 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 feel like you're responsible for their actions somehow and you know that that's like you know you're almost insulting their intelligence you're like no if I, I like listen you told me to do something if i can do it i can do it if i can't i'm just like sorry i'm and a sovereign human being you know you have to in touch you have to trust the honesty and the integrity of that relationship which again is kind of hard if you haven't established that but i i experienced um that <laughs> you you gave me some flashbacks um as you were talking about asking for help um sitting in a in a ceremony same thing it's like hey Things could get really hard if if you're struggling. Just just raise your hand and and you know let us know and, and we'll help you out. And so you know it's going good, man. Everything's feeling great. And and I don't know at what point, like if if anything's particular triggered it, but all of a sudden I found myself just like and then just like spinning, just the. Like, and and it was oh that's gonna sound bad on your thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I would just circle the room and come back to myself, and circle the room and come back to myself, and I couldn't get out of this loop, and it was so painful, and I was just like, I I need this has to stop. I ha- this need like I can't handle this, to the point where I was like going to tap the floor, like I was literally tapping out, 
And then, of course, the thought occurred to me is like, hey, dumbass, this doesn't work that way. I was like, oh. And and so, and then I struggle with it. The internal struggle of like, oh, man, I want to say help. Oh, but I don't want to mess up anybody else. Mm -hmm. Everyone else is having their experience. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm in a room full of people. Music's playing. Everyone's, you know, in their space. And I'm like, oh, dude, I don't want to be the guy that, that fucks it up. And, you know, I mean, ruins something for everyone else. And so I wrestled with it. And I don't know how long I, I suffered in this state. Finally, I re- leaned over to my buddy, Sam, and I was just like, Hey man, I just need you to know that I'm having a hard, right, hard time right now. And he's like, Oh yeah. Do you need to like, you know, like throw up? Do you need to go to the bathroom? I was like, no, no, no. I just needed to, I just, just needed to express that like, that I'm, that I'm struggling here. And he's like, I was like, I don't think I need you to do anything. I just needed to tell you that. And he's like, Oh, right on man. Cool. Immediately get let up, just gone, just vanished. Like all. And then it like, it was the most beautiful, you know, experience for the rest of that night. And, And it all came from my pride and fear and not wanting to be a burden. And, and, Again, that comes from the self-worth when we recognize the inherent value that we as a human have by our existence, you almost, if, if you, if you're true in that, you almost can't be a burden by being honest, right? If you're in tune with who you are and in tune with the relationship, you're not going to be a burden because that person won't let you be a burden because they'll just be honest and say, Hey, yeah, I can't do that. Right. Or yes, absolutely. I'll help you. And they'll be glad to help that, to help in that. And I think that's part of the the process that we need to work through is figuring out like, no, no, no. People do care about me. Like, like, you know, people care about you. They, they love you. They want you to succeed and they will, they will, do whatever they can to help you and be, and will be grateful for the opportunity to do that. Give them the opportunity. Don't deprive them from that. At least find out, you know what at I least mean? Like out. at least at find least, out. Don't, least. You're the only one that's telling yourself that nobody cares about you. You know what I mean? You're, that's your story. Yeah. Right. Like that. Uh, yeah. No, I think that I, I always, anytime I do work with men in groups, I always get them to do some really awkward shit. Yep. I have them, you know, look at each other. And sometimes these guys are total strangers and just look across from each other for a while. And then I'm just like, just 30 seconds, whatever you see in this man that is just incredible or amazing or, or, you know, worth honoring, Mm -hmm. just blast them with whatever you see. And you don't have to fucking know this person, but if you look at someone in the eyes, you can just feel like, Hey, you know, like I I can just tell you're a a, a good, and they're not bullshitting. I I actually make them like really feel like, don't bullshit this guy. Mm -hmm. Tell him like it is. Guys don't ever receive that. And it's super edgy for dudes, super edgy for dudes (laughs) just to look at a guy in the eyes for that long. Sure. And then, and then like to share something like from the heart, heartfelt, just like you might not know this, but he's your brother, man. You guys are here for a reason together. Mm -hmm. You're on this planet together at this time. You know, you came into each other's lives. Just recognize the goodness of the man across from you. Dudes fucking weep. Like they just cry because oh, yeah. they've never received that before. Sure. And they've the only times they've ever received for most men, the only times they've ever received any type of positive feedback is after they made some sort of accomplishment athletically, financially. Yeah, exactly. Like whatever it is, you know what I mean? And, or, or there's a hook on it. Like, yeah, that was great. And this is what I need from you. And to just receive that for a moment, just like recognizing someone's humanity, is so fucking powerful for dudes that it just like it cracks their fucking heart open because like you said it's really hard we can believe in ourselves as much as possible 
but there's not a man in the fucking planet that doesn't have that incessant voice that's just, it might be really quiet at this point in their lives. They might've done a lot of work around it, but it's just like, mm, nah, like maybe don't believe it. You know what I mean? Whatever I, it is. I don't think that's a bad thing. And, and some it's, would it's point not. to that. Yeah. Some would point to that and say, well, that's, oh, that's, that's your ego and it's a negative and it's bad and you got to kill it and you got to remove it. And it's like, if we all, if there was no egos, if no one had it, no one would do anything. No one would have the balls or the impetus to ever go out and do anything. No one would have looked at a buffalo and be like, you know what? I bet we could take down that motherfucker. And I bet he would be very tasty. <laughs> yeah. Make some the nice hell, coats out the of hell them. With you know? these acorns and squirrels. I want some of that. Yeah. Right. The audacity yep. to do that. You know, it, it was really important for our for our evolution and our survival. And I think we need to hang on to that. And I, and I had a friend put it this way that I've really appreciated where it's like, ego is not bad. You don't have to get rid of it. Just don't put it in the driver's seat. Maybe don't even have it ride shotgun, just, you know, back seat. So every once in a while, you know, maybe you got to stuff them in the trunk. But don't kick them out the car because you, you're going to need that one day and, it, and it's and it's valuable. And I think, you know, again, if we didn't have that desire to seek out some level of deeper understanding with ourselves via someone else, we would never work as a society. We would all just try and exist on our own, which means the species would die out because this is a relatively inefficient meat sack with which to navigate the world by yourself mm -hmm. like we're not we are a a a not herd but we are a we're tribal we're, tribal thank you yeah we're we're we're, we're tribal species we're right all about community yeah. we have to have that and so you know what you're talking about with guys is a lack of intimacy right what mm -hmm. is really what 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 it 100%. is 100 and, and you i don't think you can have that intimacy with someone else if you can't be intimate with yourself if you don't intimately know who you are it's going to be impossible to share that with someone else and and you know my my thought is that you know how can you how can you love something if you don't know it right and so how can you love yourself if you don't truly know yourself? And this is where it all kind of comes back to that, that breath and that understanding of, and, and, and curiosity and that search for who we are is when we can find that, then we know who we are. We therefore love who we are because you also can't, you, you can't, uh, by virtue of, of knowing something, it is to love it, right? Anything that you know, you have to love. If you take the time to get to know truly, intimately, you love it. Whether you want to admit it or not, you do. <laughs> you spent, right? you put the, you made the investment you, to yes, know it. Yeah. That, that, that Clearly is it piques so, your interest. So you can't and, have one yeah. without the other. So that that is really important. If we can develop that within ourselves, then we can then express that externally and live in the way I think that we were designed to and you know, it doesn't mean that every day is sunshine and rainbows, but I, I think it's a much better existence uh, and, and far more fulfilling. Yeah, listen, this isn't the I, this isn't the way to like become a millionaire. Don't listen to anything I have to say if you guys. <laughs> this want podcast to get rich. isn't about becoming a millionaire. No, I'm just saying, but like you know, some people are like, this isn't. I am not making a lot of money by following this advice. This is terrible. Why? Why would I? Why would I follow this guy? And I told you in the very beginning, don't fucking do it. Do not, <laughs> you know, but 
because I'm not going to teach you how to make a shit ton of money. Like that's I, there's other guys for that. Go talk to Hermosi or yeah, you're not. This is if you're listening to this and that you came here to make money. I have some I, terrible I'm, I'm news for you. I'm not you can, your guy. You, you can go through every fucking podcast that record all the way out. <laughs> and and I, I I can almost guarantee that you're not going to find that information on here because that's not uh, – I have an experience that that really leads there, – there's kind of – there's a threshold where some money is nice and then beyond that it really doesn't really fucking matter at all. And, you know, one thing that I really appreciate about you and, and, and was willing to make this journey to come down here is because you you strike me as a, as a man who thinks deeply about himself and – his impact and his values and what he cares about in the world and what he wants to create and the intentionality and his creativity and his, you know, fucking hit the way that he wants to operate in the world is, is thought out. And it's also, it, you might be like, well, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, but on a, on another level, I think that is what makes it so compelling to, you know, um, to talk to you is because you're humble enough to say, I don't really know what I'm doing, but I'm on this journey and I'm trying to squeeze, you know, the experience out of it and think deeply about myself and the impact and, and putting the things that matter most like love and self-acceptance and awareness and that transmission through who you are in the world rather than what you've created or what you do or how much money your business makes is the impact in my opinion that ripples out into serving people deeply, like serving people deeply. And and that's what I try to aspire to as well. I am not here to make as much money as possible and to own as much stuff or to, to even have notoriety and fame or anything like that. I hope that when someone interacts with me, I leave them better than I found them. And that's about it. You know what I mean? That's mm-hmm. about it. And that's the same thing for like my little plot in the world. I hope that instead of spraying my yard with glyphosate, maybe I could leave it with some wildflowers. Yeah. You know, I hope that, and, and, and that's a practice that I'm not always good at that mm-hmm. fucking traffic, dude. Like I'm not the nicest guy. I'm not a maniac, but I'm certainly not like, I don't leave everything better than I found it. And so cool. That's a place to practice. How can I, you know, how can I be even more honoring in this moment, right? Because that also, it, it all, like you said, it's all a reflection of our inner world. Mm-hmm. All it is. We're just creating that. I was listening to a friend of mine talk last night and he was like talking about how, you know, you go to France and you have this assumption that everybody in France is kind of this, they don't want you to speak English and they only speak French to you and they're kind of short, sarcastic assholes. It's like, cool. That's the experience you're going to have if you go into that country and that's what you're going to have. Right. And if I go there and I'm like, you know what? Everybody here is amazing and is awesome. And yeah, there might be a few assholes around, but the context that I see the world through the lens that I see the world through, I create, mm-hmm. right? I create that perception is reality. It is absolutely. It's just, it's like you said. And so like what just notice, this is what I've had to do is like, notice how I'm perceiving myself is just going to be reflected in the world. It's just going to be reflected in the world. So that's why I have guys do these kind of practices. And, and, and similar to what you're saying is like, well, how can I practice honoring life, honoring other, honoring creation, honoring all of that? Because that actually gives me back so much more than I can't buy that. Yeah. I can't work towards that in like a, at a capacity out there. I can only work with that within my own heart, within my own soul, you know, and reconcile that with myself mm-hmm. of like, oh, to, to your point, we're all creators here. We are the artist and the art. Well, everything is art. 
Like we're literally painting our way through life. And so I could paint demons and, and, and dark, the terrible spinning rooms, like you're saying, you know what I mean? Or I can, I can say, Hey, you know what? I don't really like this picture that I'm painting, bro. You're a pretty good painter. Like, you want to come help me paint yeah. something better Can you right take now? A look at this and yeah. see, like, why is this off? And like, yeah. oh yeah, your perspective is wrong. And yeah. Like, well, and and I think I think the way to get there is this is going to sound very cliche, so forgive me, but uh, it is through gratitude, right? Um, being grateful for being created. Right. The fact, uh, again, regardless of of how you want to, whatever conclusion you want to draw of how we got here, we're here. We came from somewhere. And man, I am glad to be here rather than not here. So I appreciate that. And so when I look at that creative force, whatever we want to assign that to, I, I, I call that God. You may have a different, you know, thought and that's fine. But the way I show that gratitude is by mimicking and creating in in a similar fashion to the best of my ability what better way to honor whatever has given me this existence right uh a buddy of mine we had a pretty deep conversation and and he used a star as an analogy right we were looking up at the stars as you sometimes do when you're (laughs) when you're out in the woods and under the influence of certain things. And so we're, we're having a very deep conversation of the nature of things and, and why we're here in existence. And, you know, he made the analogy analogy of just being so grateful for the beauty that we're seeing is like, man, how could I ever repay the stars for what they can give? How could I ever repay the sun, which is a star, um, for the life that, that exists on this planet. Right. It's like, well, I mirror that. I want to burn so hot and so brightly and so intensely that everything around me benefits and is given life. Right. And that, I mean, that is what a star does. Right. So whatever you want to, I mean, we wouldn't be here on this planet without the sun. I'm not saying you worship a sun God or whatever necessarily, (laughs) or do if you want to, I don't care, but modeling everything that is built is, is, you know, just again, a, a, in my mind, a, a reflection of where it came from. Right. And so we as humans should reflect, I mean, the, the sun was created by something, so it reflects, right. So we can just keep running that up the ladder till eventually we come to some conclusion, whatever that may be. So I just mirror that in the best way that I can. I use that model and I, and I, and I try to radiate as much energy love out into the world that it, that it projects and it, and it is life giving as far out as I can. I know I'm not a star. I know I don't have, I'm not like having, you know, nuclear reactions going on inside me. So, you know, there's only so much I can put out, but to the best as I can, while I'm, while I'm wearing this meat suit, man, I am going to send it as hard and as far as I can. Um, because I feel like I owe that to whatever put me here. Yeah. It's such a, beautiful way of putting it into perspective like wow how could you and, and and in some sense like you could never really repay the significance the miracle of creation do you know what i mean like no. oh my goodness like what a wild 
existence that we have. We could get lost at looking at some particular plant and be like, how did this even come to be? You know, I'm curious, like, where are you these days pouring? Where are you pouring your energy into mostly? Like, what's life look like right now? <sighs> Clearly these gains, bro. <laughs> well, obviously, you know, jacked. kettlebell swings. Yeah, kettlebell <laughs> swings. Fit- I'm really big into my fitness. Oh, yeah. no, I, no, no, not at all. Um, <laughs> I only do it when there's a camera so I can... You know, get looks really followers. good. Yeah, yeah, that's that's all it's about. Um, mostly just my main focus is the stability. My job right now is to provide, right? Um, but what I've realized is I can provide so much more beyond monetary value by by providing order and stability to my wife and my kids and my family. Um, and so that's kind of the, the at the forefront of everything that that supersedes all else. And then beyond that, it's it's really just exploring like, well, what can I do? I've learned a lot of lessons the hard way, and I see a lot of guys who who could maybe benefit from some of that. How can I how can I help share? How can I help them? Again, because it ultimately helps me. Right. It, it gives me it gives me that reflection that I need to continue to per, to like perpetually create that energy out in the world. I mean, it, I mean, I say I'm not a nuclear reactor, but there is there is a a, a, um, a, a, a fission there that is taking place where it's like, man, I, I give you energy, you give me energy and we're just you know, we're just turning uh, hydrogen into helium, man. And so I think that, that trying to find ways of doing that in the world, helping other men and sharing whatever little nuggets of window wisdom, if they're willing to listen to me ramble long enough, some of you guys probably aren't and I don't believe you. Um, <laughs> Those people but, are long gone. <laughs> but, but for, yeah, they're not watching anymore. God bless everyone who's, who's still with us at this point. My goodness, it's been a, it's been a journey, but just trying to find ways to, to, to share that. And so, you know, I've kind of leveraged the, the e-com business that we have making apparel and, and leather goods and that sort of thing as a catalyst to attract guys to this idea of being a savage and a gentleman and that we can, we don't have to be one or the other. We can be both. And then, you know, parlaying that into a, a Facebook group that we had have called the league of savage gentlemen and extending that to just beyond, beyond just a digital realm to now doing real life um experiences and, and events we've got one i think the same weekend as your what does that event. look like your, your your event so it's we keep it it's a pretty small exclusive thing it, it really is centered around the idea of body mind spirit that i experienced for myself when i was on the survival tv show where it's like you know we're out in the woods we're out in british columbia eating dirt and snails and stuff for and freezing our ass off in the in the October rain which you can appreciate how oh, miserable dude, British Columbia is it can get in real cold man yeah that it, rain is not dude, it's not it a gnarly. warm rain I, I wish it like was here. colder so, and we could have had snow because it would have been less miserable oh yeah I digress everything's wet uh, while I was out there you know it was a three-week um challenge that we did on Discovery Channel and at a certain point your body is just done and, and it, you know, lack of food, lack of sleep, all of this thing, your body just kind of gives up. And so the only thing that keeps you going at that point is your mind and your mental fortitude. Right. And after a while that, that 
<laughs> that fades away too. And eventually what you're left with is, is your spirit, right? And the only thing that is now driving you is, is, is that spirit. And it allows you to connect in a way that I think the world that we live in often deprives us from. So sometimes we have to remove all of the pleasantries, right? All of the domesticated yep. things that we have to get to the source, which is spirit, um, and, and have some of these conversations and, and learn some things about ourselves. And so that but kind of became the thesis for the events where we, it's a three-day course where we go out and the first day is heavily centered around body. Um, and then we transition into mind. And then on the, the third day, we we tap into some, some spirit and, and really... We do different things, you know, you kind of got a little taste of some of the stuff that, that, that we, the, the idea here, um, really they're all just a mechanism to drive conversation. Like that workout didn't mean anything other than it gave us a basis to talk. Yeah. Right. And so again, men can't just sit around and, and talk about stuff and, and have it be productive. There has to be a shared blood, sweat, and tears, some kind of common goal, common struggle that I know who you are, I can see what you're capable of. And now I can have an accurate understanding of how far I can trust you and how far you can trust me. And that mutual understanding allows us to have some really good conversation. And that's really the crux of it. At the end of the day, like we're, we're spending time together. We're doing some hard shit together. We're learning, we're growing the, you know, there there's the main focus is camaraderie, clarity and capability, right? So you're going to have some camaraderie. You're going to hopefully get some clarity about what's going on in your life and, and some ideas on how to work through it. And, and you're going to be more capable than you were that when you came. And that's it's beautiful, kind of the, the nutshell. In it. Oh, I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. Thank you. You know, just from one dude to another, who's, who's just trying to inspire and help and serve men just for, for your work in the world, for that calling that you have to, to do that. I think it's so needed and so important. Um, this has been a wild conversation, you know what I mean? <laughs> kind of all over the place. Uh, I guess for anyone listening to this or watching, like where can people find out more about you? Maybe if they want to be a part of that, you know, retreat or anything that you offer in the future. Just Yeah, yeah. So um, your terrible Savage, Instagram account, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Savage Gentleman <laughs> is the business. So SavageGentleman.com. Yeah. And the League of Savage Gentlemen is the Facebook group. My personal fa uh, Instagram is at Josh Tyler MMA because I used to fist fight people. Yeah, we, we didn't even get into like business ago. or MMA or any no, of that nobody kind of stuff. You feel like you've talked about that to uh, well, all. You know? I don't know. I mean, I I only think that that's useful as a catalyst to get to the other stuff. It's a yeah. good jumping off point, but yeah. really, like, there's way more important shit than beating people up for sport and money. Yeah. Um, so Josh Tyler MMA or uh, at Savage Gentleman Official are, are the best places to find it. And if guys are interested in coming to one of our Legion of Savage Gentlemen events, then I would recommend getting into the league Facebook group, mm -hmm. joining that, getting in the conversation. I think we're, we're at about 23,000 guys now. In there. Holy shit. That's it's, huge. It's a lot of dudes. Oh, it's a lot of dudes. Wow. I, Good for yeah, you, man. It's, and, and it's, it's a pretty like, as far as the internet goes, man, there's some really deep conversations there. You know, we, we, we do our best to kind of curate things to, to avoid the typical dumpster fires and just, you know, meme Lord type bullshit <laughs> that you can see everywhere. I'm not against memes, but like, 
there's better ways to spend time. I get time. it. Oh yeah, totally. So yeah. so yeah, if you know, I, I would invite any of your listeners to join that, get in the conversation, and if if you know you want to come out and and get weird in the woods and the outdoors and do some savage and some semi gentleman type things, <laughs> um, I would love to have you and and. Well, I'll be there for one of them, man, for sure. Oh, if, dude, if, that'd be killer. Yeah, I would love to. I'd love to come back. Uh, yeah, anybody listening to this or watching this, definitely check out everything that, that Josh is doing. And thank you, brother. Thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me here, for kicking my ass with a w- workout beforehand. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just it's, it's great to meet you, man. Dude, it's thanks for showing up, man. Really, really appreciate the, the, the vote of confidence to come all the way out here and hang out with a stranger in their barn with sharp <laughs> objects everywhere. <laughs> Bold move, Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> all right, brother. Thanks Cheers. so much. Yeah, yep. bet. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Undomesticate podcast with Josh Tyler. We had a ton of fun recording this one, and I'm excited to sit down with Josh again in the future. I know there is so much more we could have explored. Finally, make sure you subscribe to this podcast as well as on YouTube so you never miss an episode. Until then, thanks again for listening and stay sovereign.